Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. All right, I asked uh, Ryan to stay for just a moment uh, longer, and we'll get to Grover Norquist, who's waiting. Coming up on uh, tomorrow night? Yes. Tell everybody what's happening. U.S. Pizza Company in Hillcrest, 27010 Cavanaugh, Little Rock, 72205 is the zip code. 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Come have pizza with us. Sit down. I'll be there. You know, everybody from all thought persuasions, come and watch this debate and see if you hear anything that uh, says that a candidate can can win in 2024 and is focused on the policies and has a plan for the, for those issues. Uh, it you know I think we need to just have an open mind about it. And yeah. sit down Let's and push something for everybody. Can't wear any shirts. Can't wear any pins. Can't yep. wear anything that says that you're for a specific candidate. That's not what this is about. Right. This is a policy-focused and leadership-focused. Just let's put all the personality politics aside at the moment and listen to what they have to say and then evaluate this from a clean slate perspective. And, uh, you know, and then again, while we're there, uh, we'll have some folks there to kind of collect your thoughts on the policy issues that you think candidates should be uh, focused on, what you think that plan should even be. You know, there's plans on immigration that we need to talk about. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to have a strong, strong border. We need to have uh, the ability to know who's coming in and out. And, you know, we want to hear what your thoughts are. with the economy, inflation is a major problem. What do you think needs to be done to uh, to reverse this this highest inflation that we've ever seen, and definitely in my lifetime? And I came in right at the end of the Carter administration. Now here, you yeah, know. you're just a young punk. I was. I'm, I'm a, sorry, I'm a, you're just a young punk. I'm a '79 model. I've been around. <laughs> I've been around since Eisenhower. Yeah. How's that one for everybody? Yeah, I've well, been around since. Well, and I were just chatting about that. I mean, Eisenhower was talking about how he was really getting concerned in his administration that too much power was being consumed in Washington that would not be in the best interest of the people. And we've got to have a candidate. And I know that that there are those who see you know President Trump as being that candidate. But could there potentially be others who could appeal to swing voters and and make that work? Can President Trump has it? Will, will he? Does he have a plan for appealing to those voters that he lost in 2020? I, have, I haven't heard that. I don't know. Um, you know, what's the plan other than the other than the Trump brand? What will be the plan? And it has to be something. We have new uh, issues, or not quite so new issues. Yeah, the, the issues have become more dire since 2020. So there needs to be something more than just saying I'm going to rinse and repeat. There has there needs to be something that addresses the current context of financial problems. Or I mean, he was under a, a triple A rated nation, and now it's a double A plus rated. You know, we need to address maybe that. lower than that before the next president gets in. Right, and with 19 trillion dollars projected to be spent, how are we going to rein that in? Um, you know, those kind of things need to be discussed. We, you know, we have more China, you know, issues, uh, exactly. rising up house foreign policy going to be addressed. What are we going to do about that? What, how are we going to wind down Ukraine? All of those kind of things are now 
really at the top and forefront of our minds because we're seeing billions of dollars going into into Ukraine, and I understand you know there may be good reasons to do that, but account for it. Though. All right, I will see you. Yeah, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, can't see you next week. You got to be gone. You're going to yeah. be in sh- in Chi Town. Yep, I'm gonna mm. I'm gonna have some. I already, I already told him. I already told him some things, places to go, things to do, so that because he's got to be there the whole week. Don't go out at night. <laughs> Stay away from the loop. And I'm just telling you, it's not not good down <laughs> there right driving. now. It sounds That's the way it is. This almost sounds like a restation of uh, when Steve Martin's leaving the farm in the jerk. <laughs> That's about truth. <laughs> I could play it for you. That God would, loves a working man. I, you got to <laughs> love that. All right, joining us from Washington D.C., Grover Norquist is with you. Want to say hi to Grover? Grover, always good to talk to you. Ryan with AFP Arkansas. Good luck on your travels. Yeah, he's got to go to Chicago. Yeah. Ooh, it's my uh, hometown. What can I say? I'll go I'm learn. I'm going to Burning Man. Better weather. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Okay, so Grover, let me just start it off. I'm going to give you kind of a, a, a wide open running field in front of you. What do you see for tomorrow night? I've, I've made a couple of uh, comments. I think that uh, DeSantis has to have a good night where he's done. I, I believe the, the, the players to really watch are going to be Nikki Haley, uh, Vivac, and, and I only call him Vivac because I can't say his last name easily. Uh, last but not least, uh, I think that Scott could have a stellar night tomorrow night. What's some of your thoughts as we get ready for this debate? Yeah, well, the, the big one is the odd choice that President Trump made in not going. Uh, and it's not because it's not a smart move now. It is. He's, he's ahead. All that could happen tomorrow is something bad for him. Um, but the problem is, if he thinks he's going to be the nominee, uh, he's just probably made it impossible to win the next election. Remember, he had a shot at winning. He came close. But there wasn't a third debate. Why? Because Biden came up with all sorts of excuses. And the press didn't hammer him the way they would have if a Republican was trying to get out of a debate. So this mm-hmm. is one of those <clears throat> only only applies one way, so much in life does when it comes to the establishment media. Um, and Trump, there'll be a time when Trump's down 10 points. Why? Because the establishment press is going to spend you know, a year beating his head in. And only when you do your own advertising, you become competitive, and when you do an uninterrupted debate where somebody from CBS isn't in the middle kidding about you know, what's going on. They can't tell you what happened. People saw what happened. How did Reagan win? Reagan wasn't destined to win. He won because in the debate, and, and when the press was always you know trashing Reagan and saying he was going to lose and everything, and then in the debate, shortly before the election, millions of Americans with their own eyes saw the difference between the two, and Reagan won in a 10-point landslide. Trump needs, Trump or whoever the Republican is, needs to say, to, to be there at the last minute in order to penetrate the American people because the press is not going to tell them what happened in the debate. And Trump has just given a get-out-of-jail-free card to uh, Biden. He'll go, hey, I'm ahead. I don't have to debate. That's the Trump rule. Go ask Trump why that was the rule. And all this, and, and Trump will sit there and scream, or, the, or, or worse, some other Republican who's the nominee who never skipped a debate but they'll announce the Trump rule is we don't have to debate you when we win it. Trump said so. Go argue with Trump. Um, 
I am really disappointed that we, for years and elections, this is going to cost us. When you're winning, you don't have to debate. Well, how do Republicans come from behind, which is usually what we do, because the press spends a year beating us up, and only when people focus on the election and you get a one-on-one -on -one debate. Can you, can you overcome that? So that's, I'm, I'm already depressed about the debate because this is going to hurt us a year from now. That said, we have a bunch of really good candidates. Yeah, we do. I, I was down at Eric Erickson's event where he brought in uh, most of the candidates. And to hear uh, Haley, uh, former governor uh, Nikki Haley, was, 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 was cheerful, delightful, and to the point uh, talking about foreign policy. I learned things. Uh, I, I've known Chris Christie for years and worked in New Jersey politics. He had stare downs with cities and got Democratic. There was a Democratic city, Camden. They fired the entire police force because the murder rate was so high and they refused to get out of their seats in the office and go out and patrol the understandably going out there's not safe. All right. <laughs> well, then why are we paying you? Okay. And he went to the Democratic county guy. And, they, and he said, I found I have the legal ability to fire them all. I can't fire two of them or one of them, but I can fire them all. Uh, close the whole thing down. Are you with me? And the Democrats said, if you've got the guts to do that, we're with you. They dropped 350 for the same amount of money, hired 420, and they were all out working, and the death rate in that dropped 75%. I mean, that kind of an anecdote about leadership that Chris Christie had, you only get in a, in a debate where, when somebody has, you know, 70 seconds to tell you something. So there's some, and the back, and I'm, I'm with you, I'm sorry, I'm the last name, I'm not sure I can, um, can but the back, you know, some people, you know, like Madonna or somebody, they, they just go with one name, uh, and you can figure it out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this may not be fatal, uh, but uh, but back is fascinating and, and clearly speaks uh, with, with uh, good, you know, well-thinking true stuff. And the uh, governor of North Dakota, he reformed his pension system. There'll no longer be any unfunded liabilities being accumulated because all new hires, and, and Utah did this like seven years ago, um, all new hires have a defined contribution pension, right? Like a 401k or an IRA. So if you want to leave after three years, five years, ten years, you walk out the door with the money you've saved, and it's yours. You don't lose it. Um, and you don't have to be there for 20 years to get a pension. You, you can treat it when you want to. But also, you don't get to retirement, and, and the state goes, oh, we forgot to steal enough money so, <laughs> to pay your pension, so you're out of luck. You know, or, sorry, taxpayers, <laughs> we promised your money to this guy, or several hundred thousands of this guy, and we forgot to tell you, so taxes are going up. You know, that pension reform gives you protection for workers and taxpayers. Um, and it's something that cities are doing. I didn't even know North Carolina and North Dakota had, had, had done that, but they just passed it. Yeah, I didn't know that uh, that had happened either. I don't know anything about this guy. I'm interested to hear what he has to say. Serious tax cutter. Serious tax cutter. They had seven rates, brought them down to two. He wanted to go to one rate and then to zero. Many states are, 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 are doing just that. Our, Arkansas. Uh, your new governor, uh, Sanders, says that that's her goal yep. uh, to move to a single rate tax and to zero. Uh, Mississippi voted, uh, I think it's 100 to 14 in their house to go to a single rate and zero. The Senate wouldn't go along, but they did um, get it down to a single rate of four. Uh, and if we get a different Senate leader, then Mississippi would be going to zero. Louisiana is phasing down, not strong enough to get to zero, but phasing down as revenues come in. 
Um, Tennessee's already at zero, and the governor of Oklahoma is committed to phasing his income tax uh, down to zero. That's well, correct. Kentucky's passed the law. Kentucky has passed the law. Ten years from now, they will not have an income tax uh, in Kentucky. And they do that by reining in spending. So uh, I think when these guys talk um, uh, about what's going on up there, I, I do hope they'll talk about some of the ideas, pensions, making them uh, safe for everybody, and you know, workers as well as taxpayers. Uh, the Army, the U.S. military, they've moved to defined contribution pensions, like a 401k or an IRA. Remember, you know, only people who stuck around 20 years would get the pension. Well, That's right. That means guys who served for a few years in a war and said, okay, now I'm going home. And the guys stick, you know, who stick around and pushes the paper in between wars, you know, they had pensions, but there was nothing, there's no savings being accumulated for soldiers who were there for two years, four years, six years. That now is moved to a defined contribution uh, plan, which was a bipartisan success, by the way, in Washington, D.C. Who knew you could do that? Had it finished during the Trump year, happened, uh, it, was, it was finalized uh, in, in the Trump Republican years. Uh, but again, but they've been working on it for some time. This is uh, even under Obama, he saw the necessity of, of, of doing that. So there's some really good uh, taking uh, indexing capital gains for inflation. Uh, an idea that Pence put forward and fought for when he was a congressman mm -hmm. years ago. And it's now up again. Why? Because inflation's back. You know, the value of your land, your house, your 401k, your IRA, uh, small business you have, you know, you may end up paying, uh, you know, a lot of money on the inflation, not on your earnings, not on, you, you didn't get richer, you just had more paper money. And 40% of what people pay in capital gains when they sell stocks, 40% is a tax on inflation. That was before Biden started larding up inflation. That was just people who held things for a very long time. And over time, much of your gain is fake. It's, it's inflation. Uh, that's a great idea that Pence had. I hope you'll uh, talk about that. Uh, others have looked to get um, uh, IRAs and 401ks expanded for everybody. If you're in the gig economy, it's hard to get a 401k or an IRA because then the unions will come in and go, oh, you have a pension. You must be an employee. You can be unionized. And they say, no, no, I want to be an independent contractor. Uh, there's legislation put forward to say if you're an independent contractor, you, you work for Uber, you, you're an independent contractor as a, as a plumber or anything else, you can uh, get a pension uh, you know, from a franchise or something and not lose your status as an independent contractor. I mean, they pay you money. Why can't they pay you money into a bank account for you. So All right. there's Grover. a lot of innovative thinking. All right. Back with you. Grover Norquist is our uh, special guest. Grover, if people want to uh, check in what you're writing about, where do they go? HER.org, Americans for Tax Form, HER.org. Or if you want to get our periodic updates on what's happening on tax policy in the world, uh, you text the word Biden. Yes, that's the president's name, Biden. <laughs> to 50446. I'm afraid so much of what we write about is Biden's mistakes. You text Biden to 50446. No fundraiser or anything, just here's what's going on. Uh, we follow all 50 states, including Arkansas's efforts to phase out their income tax, right. great work on education savings accounts, and all the states around you, which are also uh, moving in the same direction. Yes, they are. They are doing that. Let's talk Tim Scott. I like Tim Scott only because... Uh, well, not only because that's kind of, that's a negative. I don't want to say it that way. I like Tim Scott because he's got a positive message, 
and he has a positive way of delivering it. Fine, Senator from South Carolina, good, uh, increasingly Reagan Republican uh, state. I share your view that he articulates things well and a very positive image uh, of America, which is odd, but when you listen to the Democrats running for president, you'd, <laughs> you'd think the country was a fixer-upper and uh, was rotten from the beginning. Right. I do think the government's been spending too much and doing too much in recent years, and we need to pare that back, but in their view, that's what they want more of, the Democrats. They want more of that spending, more of that top-down tell you what to do. I mean, Biden, Biden economics, Bidenomics is, I'm going to take your money and spend it on things that are important to me, says Biden. Not you, me. Uh, and my friends in the sort of ruling class that, that get to make these decisions right. for you. Um, we've had entirely too much of that. And as a critic of the welfare state and a supporter of open and op, you know, open and opportunistic opportunity society, uh, Tim Scott is a great spokesman uh, for that, and uh, I think has a very powerful message. All right, so we got got a lot of different people to listen to uh, tomorrow night. I agree with you. I wish that the president would take part in all of this. Is this going to be really difficult for him, Grover? We talked about this earlier today between uh, uh, Ryan and myself, and 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 even Simone got into it a little bit. He's going to have four, uh, you know, law cases going at the same time. Is he going to be able to to don't have enough time to do all of that plus run for president? Challenge, and he needs to look in the mirror and decide where that is. Uh, tens of millions of dollars that people contributed, thinking they were helping the Republican run for president, have gotten siphoned off into legal bills, um, which is not part of running for president, Your legal bills for things that happened before you started to run for president. I'm not quite sure why that's proper, but um, I mean, we now know that it's what he's doing. It's not secret. Uh, he's not hiding it. Um, but it does mean that when you contribute to Trump, you're not necessarily contributing to ads to help elect him. You're paying legal bills for his friends as well as himself. It, it's, a, it's a cost in dollars. I mean, a lot of money has been spent on that. And, and in time, I mean, I think the day after the debate, he shows up and, you know, I don't know, goes to jail for a day or something, whatever they do when they arrest you uh, in, in Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I mean, can you imagine running for president is tough enough without having three or four different judges be able to haul you in front of the uh, court, you know, be here Tuesday? You know, and the answer is, well, I'm, I'm busy. It's, it doesn't work. Uh, so I think it's going to be awfully tough to do. And I, I think the other team did it on purpose. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely but, they did it on purpose. But it is it is something Trump understands, and he may have to make a decision at some point if he can do both at once. All right. I appreciate your time. It's always great, Grover, to talk to you. Give them that website again. Website is ATR, Americans for Tax Form, ATR.org. All right. Typically, we talk uh, taxes, talking debates today with Grover Norquist, who I consider a personal friend. Thanks, Grover. Next uh, time that I'm in D.C., I'll get there on a Wednesday so I can come in with, with one of your special uh, deals. All right. Let's get back to it here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. I just watching some video of the president over there in Maui. Yeah. He, seriously, I'm, I'm not 
Well, yeah, I'm kind of making poking fun. He looks more and more like the old codger that <laughs> Jeff Dunham has. Yeah, you the know, puppet. The, the dumb, he looks more and more like that old codger. Well, that Walter. If you could well, do, Walter. Uh, yeah, Walter. That's who it is. If you could do where they have the faces of meth addicts from when they were healthy <laughs> to now. I mean, if you just put the pictures of Biden from a while ago and how they lead up to now, you would, he doesn't even look like the same human being. I just saw a, a piece of video from him in Hawaii talking to a crowd there comparing his kitchen fire at his house. That lasted like 20 minutes, right. and he was comparing it. He was to empathizing. The, to, to, yeah, he was empathizing, but the, I know what it's like to go through a fire to oh, these people in Maui who have lost everything. Right, everything. and he's talking about losing his wife and his Corvette and his cat. Uh, he amazing. almost lost it. Almost lost it. Didn't that, lose during it. During that 20 minutes, it was pretty scary. Yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was. Tommy Piggott is with us from the RNC. Tommy, we couldn't ask for more stuff from this guy. <laughs> It was by Biden's low standards. His Maui trip was a complete disaster. I mean, (laughs) it just—it was really stunning. I mean, I shouldn't be stunned at this point because he always does this sort of thing. Either messes up, embarrasses the country overseas, or it's just completely unempathetic. I I think what what this trip showed to me is that the media has misdiagnosed Biden being self-centered as him being empathetic for decades, and now he's being shown to be self-centered and the self-centered guy that he is. I mean, that is incredible. We had a kitchen fire. I can come. You know, I understand what you people are going through who have lost everything here in Maui. And he was way into it, too. You yeah, know, he was into walk, it. Telling the story. Yeah, he was he was doing it. But he does. He looks like Walter now. Yeah, you know, you know what he said when he also said that? He said that I almost lost my cat and my Corvette. As right. if that could compare to the worst, worst wildfire in modern American history. It's, it's also not the first time he said this. He said this to people in Colorado. He said to people on the West Coast. Every single time he goes to any sort of natural disaster, he repeats the story. And it's completely false. I mean, and it's, what, what always gets to me, and it's like kind of a Biden tell at this point, whenever he says, you know, God's honest truth or not joking, then you know he's telling a lie. Not I mean, that's kind of like his tell. Well, the, yeah, I, it's not hyperbole, yeah. I tell you, one of the things they always talk about in politics is, you know, that you should want to be able to sit down and have a beer with the person. He's the first, he's the politician I'd love to throw my beer in their face at. Yeah. I mean, with some well, of I think the Maui residents felt the same way if you saw them lining the road. I think a lot of yeah. people in Maui felt the exact same way. I mean, this, for him to go on vacation twice since the wildfire, not just even once, twice, and to offer a no comment as his only words of encouragement while he's on vacation. I mean, I think a lot of people would like to throw a beer in his face. All right. Tommy Piggott is with us. He's with communications folks at the RNC. Let's talk about tomorrow night. Going to be a big night. Got all of the uh, uh, the people who have gotten themselves uh, cleared to be in the debate. Going to be up on the debate stage there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's where the convention's going to be in 2024 as well. I'll be there when that occurs and broadcast live back here to Little Rock Fort. But uh, I'm excited about this. There's some... I've got like three big-time people that I'm watching, but uh, now that I had Grover Norquist on earlier and he told me a little bit more about the governor of North Dakota, I want to hear what he has to say uh, and what he's been doing. But uh, I really am, a, you know, Senator Scott, Nikki Haley, and, uh, and of course, uh, 
Vivek, Vivek. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm interested in him. I, look, I'm, I'm the Harry Carey of names, so you don't want me to even try. Ramaswamy. Yeah, try to do yeah, Ramaswamy, is that right? Ramaswamy. Okay, well, anyway, uh, don't want me to be butchering his name uh, Trump butchered the way it other people have done it. <laughs> but uh, what are you thinking? I mean, I think this is going to be pretty exciting tomorrow night. I think it's going to be incredibly exciting. I think, you know, Americans have lived through so many years now, two and a half years, of Joe Biden's absolute disastrous administration. And I think they're hungry for some alternative. They're hungry to hear the Republican vision on the debate stage for the first time for this primary process to be kicked off officially. I think millions of Americans are ready for it. They want to hear what these candidates have to say. And the great thing about being a Republican is that our policies work, so they work across the country. And each one of these candidates has a great record to share, to run on, a vision for this country, a record of accomplishment, and I couldn't be more pumped to hear what they have to say tomorrow. Yeah, what what do some of these guys have to do, though? Let's let's talk about the governor in North uh, North Dakota. What what does he have to do? He's not going to have none none of them going to have that much time to share stuff. What do you try to do when when you're a candidate like that? Do you look for the biggest thing that you've done and and try to take seventy seconds and get people interested in what you've done? Yeah, I think what, what candidates are going to try to do is share that vision for the country. I mean, you know, what unites us as Republicans is a lot more than divides us. But each one of these candidates has a very diverse set of, of backgrounds. They have a diverse set of, of accomplishments, and they have a story to really share. And that's the great thing about this debate is that it's a massive platform, millions of people tuning in, and not just Republican voters, but independents and Democrats as well that are also sick and tired of Joe Biden. So I think as a candidate, you got to go out there and you got to highlight your accomplishments. And like I said, the great thing about Republicans is that Republicans have a lot of accomplishments. I mean, compared to Joe Biden, when you look at Republican-led states, leading in employment, leading in getting kids back to school. So I think you share your accomplishments, you share your record, and you use this, this massive platform as best you can. Do you think it's a good thing that they would take this platform this time? Because we're, I was talking about, used to, when I was a kid, I used to watch Tarzan movies. <laughs> and you knew that uh, the natives were getting restless when you start hearing the drums in the background and they were you know, putting on the war paint and everything. Well, I'm starting to feel that way because I'm hearing the drum beats of COVID and, and all kinds of stuff coming up again. You think that they'll, that they'll uh, address wearing masks and things of that nature from the stage tomorrow night? I think some of them probably will. I mean, part of the record that a lot of these governors and a lot of these people in the Senate and, and elsewhere have to run on is their record during COVID, is how they responded to COVID. I think that's going to be one of the ways that some, some of these candidates try to distinguish themselves. So I think it's also part of the difference between Republicans and Democrats at this point, where Republicans follow the science, to use the Democrats' favorite term. Republicans are actually the ones that are following the science. And the best way to follow the science is to actually empower families to make their own decisions and to follow uh, what the evidence shows you. And Democrats instead, instead of actually following the evidence, want to opt for whatever the most draconian measure is. So I think that contrast between Joe Biden and Republicans is going to be pretty stark, especially as as you mentioned we're starting to hear these COVID talks come back. I think that's going to be a big contrast to Republicans and Democrats. Yeah, I was just watching Fox News during the break, and uh, they were saying uh, COVID was up 13% in high schools. And I'm going, oh, here we go. Here we go. I don't want to, you know, we're not going to shut schools down this time, people. I'm just telling you right now, at least here in Arkansas, we're not. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, that well, they, yeah, the only way that to prevent that is to elect Republicans, to be perfectly honest. I mean, if you look at 
Republicans getting kids back into school. The top 20 states, 19 of them were led by Republicans in terms of getting kids back into school after COVID. And the bottom 20 states, most of them were led by Democrats. So I think if you want to keep schools open, elect Republicans. You're talking to the reddest state in the union here, yeah. Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> well, I right. got to get that message in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, we'll fight that tooth and nail. We've, yeah. we've already done it one time. We'll do it again. This time we're, we're going to be starting from a position of power, I believe. Yeah. We learned some valuable lessons uh, the last time around. With, uh, with all of that said, uh, I know I only got you for about two more minutes here. Uh, I, I believe that this is going to be a lot of fun tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to it and, and watching it. Uh, the next debate is in September. When is that date? Do you know that off the top of your head? Uh, it's in late December. I want to say it's September 27th thereabouts, but uh, I don't have the exact date in front of me at this moment. But it's late September. It's going to be in California. And uh, yeah, another opportunity for a candidate to get on the stage. Yeah, and that's going to be all about the economy. And that'll be fun to listen to, to say the least. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hi there. I just wanted to ask you, or do we have, for whichever candidate is, is going to be our front runner, do we have the infrastructure in place to deal with legal vote harvesting and the different methods that Democrats explore and exploit uh, to be able, are we ready for that? The ground game. Yes, ground game. Yeah, that's, that's actually a huge emphasis of ours. We had success in several states around the country in 2022 in terms of getting that early vote out. But we also built an unprecedented protect your vote infrastructure in terms of fighting for elections where it's easier to vote and harder to cheat. And so we're continuing that effort, putting pedals to the metal on that, but also launching Bank Your Vote at bankyourvote.com is the website for it, where we're going to build out state-specific pages so people can bank their votes as early as possible so that we really beat the Democrats at their own game. That's a huge initiative for us. And frankly, why the RNC is so important, because we are building that infrastructure out right now as we speak. So whoever the nominee is can take that infrastructure and take it to Joe Biden from day one. So we're building that out right now. That's bankyourvote.com. We're, we're just titled to the middle on that. Uh, and we're going to make sure that we beat the Democrats at their own game. All right. Last question. It goes to Kenny Wallace. <laughs> yeah, thanks for getting on. I kind of wish that the debates had been more of a Lincoln-Douglas-style debates where they you know, are given lots of time to speak on issues and not just sound bites. Um, besides bank the vote, uh, where can we see, like, if people want to work to knock on doors and, and make phone calls and do the ground game, where can people go if they want to, like, do that as, like, a job uh, where, where we can get money involved and, uh, you know, large amounts of money to get that? Because you know the Democrats, they'll spend lots of money on ground yeah. games. Well, one of the places to start is GOP.com. We're going to be building out that, that infrastructure in terms of the ground game as we get into the, into the months here by going to GOP.com. Opportunities are on that website in terms of getting involved, volunteer opportunities, also resources and training possibilities in terms of how to build out an infrastructure in your community, joining that team to build out that, that infrastructure in your community. Uh, so that's all on that website. But I can't also stress enough, thankyourvote.com, because you get on those same lists in terms of information about how to knock on doors, in terms of protecting your vote and volunteering in that effort as well. I mean, Bank Your Vote is really the essential component to this in terms of what we're focusing on, and it's going to be so important to making sure that we get every Republican out there because it's not just getting those Republican votes. You know, if you think you're going to vote on Election Day, you know, it, it, it helps us target that data. If we know someone's voted early, we can target that data on someone that hasn't voted yet, which lets us focus our resources in an extremely effective way. That's why Bank Your Vote is so important. All right. Tommy, thanks for the time. We appreciate you, brother. Enjoy yourself in, uh, in uh, Wisconsin. All right. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. All right. Talk to you later. Do you know what today is? <laughs> 
Tuesday. 